0: Hi, everyone. This is your host, Terry Johnson, like usual, and this is Bench Warmer QB. I'm excited to talk about Thursday Night Football that everyone watched, I hope. Um, it was, certainly wasn't the most <laughs> interesting game in the world, but I mean my favorite team, the 49ers, played, so it's exciting for me, at least, right? Um, and then, uh, so I want to talk about the uh, quarterback performances from Thursday Night Football, and also, again, talk about a few uh, quarterback uh, performances quarterbacks to watch in the uh coming weekend uh like players that have something to prove or need to continue good play or just i mean honestly just save their job at this point for one two people in particular actually but uh yeah so again please uh please follow my podcast on uh, spotify or apple podcasts i would greatly appreciate it i'm uh i mean i think I hope this is coming across as I'm having so much fun doing this. It's, uh, it's like such a great experience and opportunity, which I keep, I keep saying over and over, but it just really is. Like, I've never done anything like this. And now I'm gaining confidence in myself being able to speak to the universe for, like say, anywhere between 40 minutes and an hour almost straight about a topic that I'm very passionate about. So please, again, thank you for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Please uh, reach out to me uh, via I have via my uh, Instagram if you know me, or if you don't, I have a uh, Instagram for my uh, podcast called It's Just Benformer QB, all one word. And uh, anyways, thank you so much, and I might as well get started, right? So Thursday night football, which I hope everyone watched, it was the uh, the New York Giants, who have been going through a rough patch to start the season, against the uh, I would say the juggernaut 49ers in San Francisco, and the, uh, the the spread of the game, the betting spread was about ten points or so, which means the uh, uh, Las Vegas, as people like to say, the betters, the uh, the odds makers, expected the game to be. Uh, expect the 49ers to win by 10 points so if you were to bet on the game if you bet the 49ers to win by more than 10 points you would bet the line 49ers minus 10 and if you expected the uh the Giants to either uh, just win outright or be within 10 points of the 49ers final score you would pick the New York Giants plus 10. Uh, but uh I mean yeah, the game if if you were the if you bet on the line, the 49ers winning by more than 10, uh, some 49ers minus 10, you would have been very profitable tonight because the final score was uh, New York Giants 12 and the San Francisco 49ers 30 points. And uh, I mean, it was just it was just big mismatch in the rosters. And uh, like the Giants, is, the Giants have been really struggling at the beginning of the games. But I want to get started with the winning team and uh, the winning team's quarterback, and that is Brock Purdy for the San Francisco 49ers. He uh, he continued his steady play uh, throughout the season. There were questions coming into this season was after his UCL injury in the NFC Championship game, is he going to be the same player? And uh, his injury combined with his draft status from only the year pro- previously where he was uh, Mr. Irrelevant. He was picked 256, the very last pick in the NFL draft. So it was, okay, is he going to get exposed? Like, is his, okay, he's been playing well, he's been magical, but no one knew what to expect from him exactly. And once uh, defenses, once he has more playing time, there's more playing film on him. And in the film, defenses are able to uh, just study his play and figure out his tendencies, his habits. And uh, like his preferences to throwing on the like where he likes to throw in the field, where he's accurate, where he's not accurate, and uh, just forced him to try to play into his weaknesses to uh, exploit his uh, like weaknesses. And uh, like so far this season, I mean, he's three and zero now. He was uh, last on Thursday Night Football. He went twenty-five for thirty-seven, three hundred and ten yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, I mean. What more can you expect from this guy? I mean, he's playing excellent. Um, like it's not like it's not always pretty. He was very shaky at the beginning of this game. He had a throw on the opening drive to George Kittle, where the ball seemed to sail high on uh, George Kittle, so he threw it over his head a little bit and maybe a tad bit behind. But it was not a good throw, and George Kittle had to play. Uh, he had to play it like he was a defender to make sure the ball wasn't going to get. Intercepted by the defense Um, It was a bit of a scary Throw to watch Uh, And he also had a few other throws that Could have potentially been intercepted And ultimately At one point I think he was like 11 for 20 for like 145 Yards or so Which like the yards is pretty good But going 11 for 20 55% is not great Uh, he, He Wasn't he was a little bit shaky At first and I mean, you could give him. I mean, I cut him some slack because he's still recovering from his uh, from the UCL injury in his elbow. So just still getting used to throwing the ball and like getting more playing time, and also like gets more prime time in Thursday night football. It's might be a little bit jittery at first, like anyone would imagine, even if you're a pro or not. Uh, but as the game went on, he became more comfortable and more consistent. Uh, he uh, like. I mean, he obviously. even just doing quick math. If he started 11 for 20 and finished 25 for 37, he went uh, 14 for uh, 17 the rest of the game, which is super accurate. Uh, he uh, he consistently converted third and longs, like third and eight, third and 13. By just distributing the ball to a lot of the offensive weapons on the 49ers, I mean, there's like Debo, it's McCaffrey, it's uh, Ronnie Bell even had a great game. I I, I never really heard of Ronnie Bell, but like, he was making some plays. And he looked good, and of course George Kittle. Uh, like Brock Purdy had some good throws down the field to Debo and Kittle, and especially uh, he there was a uh, really nice, pretty touchdown pass to Debo down the sideline that sealed up the game. Uh, Brock Purdy's second touchdown of the game. And uh, it just shows that w- the reasons why Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. He is uh, accurate. He's very smart. He knows where to go with the ball. Uh, and even the uh, the Giants, uh, their de- defensive plan was to keep blitzing him. They're blitzing him, putting pressure on him. And what I mentioned last episode is that when a quarterback is more, like, pressure on him and less time to uh like make a decision if it if they're not very good quarterbacks they just panic and throw interceptions or they're just almost borderline they just can't function but uh good good the other side of that coin is that good quarterbacks when the blitz is coming towards them so when there's plenty of defenders coming so if there's more defenders coming for the quarterback by basic logic that means there's less defenders guarding the pass and if a quarterback knows where the, uh, where the blitz is coming from, that means there will be a hole in the back end of the defense of, okay, there or middle to the back end of the defense where a hypothetically and should be a receiver tied in running free. And uh, once Brock Purdy was able to understand the blitz is uh, the blitz coming from the Giants, he became super accurate, which is a. A good reason why he finished the game uh, 14 for 17. (laughs) He became super accurate once he could handle the pressure and just ate ate up the Giants' defense alive. He, uh, I'm very, I I mean, I was was not pessimistic about Brock Purdy continuing to be a good quarterback. But I was worried that there would be like some level of regression where he just becomes like a "Eh," kind of quarterback. And, no, he plays well, he's making decisions, he can handle the blitz, and he can throw the ball accurately downfield too, which is something that Jimmy Garoppolo, the four, former 49ers quarter, franchise quarterback, who's now in the Raiders, he just can't do as well, uh, like throwing the ball down the field. So, uh, I mean, I expect Brock Purdy to keep do- being dominant, with especially with his, like, Debo McCaffrey, Ronnie Bell, I guess now, Kittle, and once Brandon IU comes... Brock Purdy is the man, and uh, I'm glad I'm, I'm uh, benefiting from it. As for the other side of the ball, I mean, uh, the other team, uh, the New York Giants, Daniel Jones, I mean, this is the best word I could say. It's, he's he's just overwhelmed. Um, he was without uh, Saquon Barkley, the star running back for the New York Giants, and two of the starting linemen the people protect him, including uh, Andrew Thomas, who I think, I believe, is the uh, highest paid left tackle in the league, or guard? I mean, he's one of the highest paid. I think it's a left tackle in the league. So he has less. I guess he has more. Pre- Daniel Jones has more pressure on him since Saquon Barkley uh, can't relieve pressure by running the ball more effectively. And if there's two, I mean, backups playing on the offensive line, that means just more pressure. And uh, he, Daniel Jones, finished the game. He's twenty-two for thirty 22 for 32, 137 yards, and one interception. Zero touchdowns, one interception. So he was just trying to get the ball out as quickly as possible. And when he completed the pass, the ball was just, it wasn't going very far. And it's hard to convert first downs when you're throwing it so short. Uh, and Daniel Jones, he missed a number of throws. He Most notably, I believe, he missed a big throw uh, when the uh, Giants were trying to drive down the field before the end of the first half. And it could have been a touchdown. Like It looked like the receiver had open grass, open field ahead of him, but he just threw it a little bit ahead of him. And, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a few points right there. Because that settle for a field goal instead of going for a touchdown. So it's most likely a swing of, I mean, four points. Uh, seven, well, a touchdown is six points, but then the extra point, which the kickers mostly make is one point, so that'll be seven points. But they made a field goal, and that's three points, so that's, I guess, a four-point difference, right? Um, yeah, then just throughout the rest of the game he just kept missing some downfield throws. It wasn't anything pretty to watch uh the bummer right now for the uh, Giants offense is that he's like mean, Daniel Jones is struggling to get on the same page as Darren Waller and Darren Waller is that elite tight end w- when he's healthy like it's you have to he have to qualify it when darren well Darren waller's healthy because he's he's been injured the last few years uh but he He's on the field right now, and Daniel Jones can not throw the ball to him effectively. And it's a bummer for the offense, because Darren Wall is such a great weapon uh, for just catching the ball. And uh, the Giants' offense in the first half of games, so they've played three games so far. And the Giants' offense has has been outscored 63 points to 6 points. 63 to 6. So that's a huge deficit. Where they just—it's hard to overcome. They, I mean, they—I mean—the defense is doing their best to try to keep them in games, and uh, but you can't just come back from the huge deficits uh, like that. I mean, I mean that's one area they clearly need to fix. And even if the if the Giants are able to score a little bit, just able to get a touchdown and a field goal. And on average in the first half of games, they'll be much more competitive than just scoring six points. And actually, this this game against the 49ers, this was the first time they scored points in the first half of games. <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing? It's so bad. Uh, but they adjusted it and started I mean, I guess playing a tiny bit better in the back half of the games, but not this game so much, because they only scored six points again in the second half. Um <sighs> Like Daniel Jones, he his one interception was uh, in the fourth quarter when the game was out of reach, like a third and long. And the ball, I think, got thrown in tight coverage to a receiver and got bounced up. And uh, a 49-inch defender came down with it, thankfully. And I don't know. I'm not a big, like I said before, like people, Daniel Jones is given a huge contract, uh, like four years, $160 million, $40 million average, $40 million per year. And, like, I don't think he's that good. I think that's kind of who he is a little bit. And, I mean, I think he'd, he'll be better than this. But, mean, he hasn't been that good this year so far at all. He's been certainly below average. Uh, I mean, if the Giants, if this, if this is Daniel Jones, the Giants have signed up for, oh, I mean, they're in big trouble. <laughs> they're in big trouble. Uh, I think he'll get a little bit better because I think he's he is similar to Alex Smith, but a little bit more athletically gifted. But Alex Smith is limited, uh, so it's not a huge, huge compliment. But I think Dan Jones is a decent player. But if the team is certainly lacking, uh, lacking uh, like tar- like offense- offensive weapons uh, for like for the opposing defense, such as Saquon Barkley. And O-linemen are out. It's, I mean, Daniel Jones is not talented enough to overcome that. And it's unfortunate, but reality is reality. Now I want to transition to uh, some quarterbacks that I would recommend uh, keeping an eye on this uh, this weekend. Um, I, I'm just going through them quickly. I'm not going to say their names. Like, I don't want to uh, spoil it, even though I'm going to slowly give it over the podcast. Anyways. Uh, the like one quarterback, he certainly needs to play well to save his job, like in the immediate future, because the team's an absolute dumpster fire. It's been the week of from hell for them, and I'm not taking that. I mean, of course, it's figuratively, but I don't know. It's pretty bad. Uh, another player, he needs to play well, otherwise he will get replaced too. But it's not nearly as uh, desperate, and the. Another one is he's been doing okay he's been doing decent but it's hard to say like who is he exactly um, but okay here we go I'm gonna get started. The uh, first quarterback I want to talk about is uh, is McCorkle, <laughs> McCorkle Jones or better known as Mac Jones for the New England Patriots. Last off, no, last season, it, he did not play well, but he was not given any favors because, uh, for some reason, Bill Belichick, who's supposed to be the best, the smartest head coach in the league ever, he decided to hire, rehire two of his former, like, special teams and defend, like, defensive coordinators in, uh, Joe Judge and uh, Matt Patricia to run the offense. So, and, like, so they're not offensive, they're not offensive minded people trying to coach offense and Mac Jones is a young player like, it's not going to go well of course and it didn't go well and uh, Mac Jones is here, he's been playing better he's been playing better uh, he is currently averaging 273.5 yards per game, which is 5th in the league which is pretty good and his completion percentage is 68.8% which is 11th in the league so he's uh, he's getting better but uh, in uh, the opposite side, his passer rating is below average at 88.3% and per- uh, not 80, not percent, is 883 passer rating. So it's a scale I mentioned that ranges from zero to 158.3. And the league average is usually around the mid 90s. So at 88.3, it's 19, so below average by definition. Um, and even more, I guess even more, a little bit more troubling is he's only averaging 5.7 yards per attempt. So that means like well, since he's fairly accurate with the ball at 68.8% and by attempt, it means whenever you throw the ball. And obviously when he, an attempt is different from completion and he's, so every time he throws the ball, he's only averaging 5.7 yards, like of yards gained. And so I mean his I, I mean I don't have the stats in front of me but the uh, his yards per completion are probably really bad <laughs> probably even worse uh ranked lower because his he's accurate and his yards per he's, already, he's pretty accurate throwing the ball but his yards per attempts already pretty low um, and he just in the the beginning of games just not playing well he made he just makes bad throws at the beginning of the games so that makes the team just puts him in a really bad position. Like in the Eagles game, threw a pick six in the beginning of the game. <laughs> which just came to mind to me. And uh, so, like, yeah, he's played well in the back half of games. But I mean, he's they're still not finishing the games. Uh, I mean, they certainly had a, they had uh, it. They in the first game against the Eagles, they were driving the ball down the field and they got stopped on like fourth down. I think a similar thing happened against the Dolphins last weekend, and they were both at home games for the Patriots. We've uh, got to just finish the game, buddy. <laughs> and uh, like one of the most interesting, I would say, narratives around Mac Jones, which I certainly believe in, is uh, it's almost like a, a uh, huge, uh, it's like a, almost a crossroads for his young playing career. And that's known as the wind game. <laughs> and I think in my quarterback rankings, I discussed this, where the beginning of his rookie year, he was playing really well. He was being very efficient. He was, he was playing like easily like an above-average quarterback, everything they could have won from him as a rookie quarterback. And then the wind game came. And the wind game was in Buffalo, where uh, the wind was so strong at the opening kickoff, was going with the wind and ended up in the stands. (laughs) So the wind was super powerful. And Mac Jones is someone who does not have a strong arm at all. He has an average arm at best. And uh, during the whole game, so 60 60 minutes of football, he only threw the ball three times. And one of the times he was not supposed to do it, and the coaches got very angry at him. Uh, while Josh Allen on the other side, like he wasn't completing most of the passes, all of the passes at all. But he was he threw like I don't want to say twenty five or thirty times and he was throwing like because he has the strongest start in the league, I believe. Up there with Justin Herbert. Maybe Patrick Mahomes, but Josh Allen I think might have the strongest. And he's throwing like the ball through the wind. It was like Unbelievable! Like, especially if anyone's tried to throw a football in the wind, like it's almost impossible. The ball just go, woo! It just flies away. <laughs> and uh, Mac Jones, he only threw three times in that game, and ever since then, his stats got significantly worse. Like he's uh, he's just not playing. He, he just he had the, he went from having a winning record to a losing record. His passer rating dropped from like the 90s to the 80s. Like throwing for significantly less uh, yards per game, It's just not playing nearly as well. Um, obviously, some of that has to do with the coaches, with coaches who were uh, supporting him last season. But still, something happened there. I mean, maybe he just lost some confidence, but it was it was bad. It was interesting event. So I want to talk to you about him because he's been doing okay, but the Patriots are zero three. Or, no, they're not 0 3, they're 0 2. But they go up against the Jets this weekend, and they need to win to avoid going 0 3. The Patriots, if any casual football fan knows, the Patriots have just been dominating. Dominating is putting it lightly. Dominating the, uh, new, dominating the new York Jets uh, the past several years. Uh, I don't think, I mean, it's been several, several years since the since the uh, Jets have won a game against the Patriots and especially with I mean Zach Wilson back in the starting lineup the Patriots should almost better dominate the Jets again the Patriots should dominate the Jets again to be clear and uh, it's this game is a great opportunity for the uh, Patriots to get back on track for a good opportunity for Mac Jones to get some like get some of the uh, pressure off his back. And, um, uh, like start playing better, uh, cause they're certainly not a poorly coached team. I mean, maybe Bill Belichick's not quite what he used to be, but he's still a top coach in the league easily. Um, so the, uh, yeah, I mean, this is just a great get back on track game for the Patriots, but if the Patriots, Patriots were to lose this game. This would, this would be a disaster. It would be a disaster. Especially the optics of losing to the Zach Wilson led Jets. <laughs> um but I think Mac Jones will play better this I think the Patriots should win this game. They they really, really, really should. Now I'm going to move to a quarterback that I mean Mac Jones needs to he needs to win. But Justin Fields, he desperately needs to win. Like the Bears Justin Fields and the Bears, it's just been a it's been a disaster, like few weeks, especially the past weeks. It's been a mess. Uh, by focusing on Justin Fields for a bit, his first two games. I mean, here's some people were, had him as a dark horse MVP candidate, like dark horse, like someone that you don't think of that could win the MVP. And people thought he could do much better this year because they signed DJ Moore. They had uh, Chase Claypool. They added him last year, but another like some an offseason to get into the. Uh, into the offense and just understand the plays and everything. Like they had some talent, uh, they added talent for the offense for Justin Fields and it's done almost nothing. Uh, he, uh, his first two games against at home against the Packers and in Tampa Bay against the, the Buccaneers and Baker in Baker Mayfield being quarterback. Those are two winna- very winnable games. And the bears are 0 two now. And in the last game uh, against the Buccaneers, it just became almost very evident that Justin Fields doesn't know what he's doing as far as throwing the ball. Because there's uh, there's some cameras that are behind the quarterback and looking forward. So you almost get to, you get to see what the quarterback sees. And there's a number of plays where there's receivers wide open and Justin Fields has not thrown the ball. I mean, they're wide open. Uh and it's a bad luck. And then uh, he uh, just feels to have an opportunity to uh, potentially win or tie the game up. He threw a pick six, and it, which essentially lost the game. it has been bad. And uh, like this during the week, he uh, a reporter was asking him about it, where he essentially said that he he's blaming he's basically blaming the coaches for his robotic play. Like he's just not playing as himself, and uh, which is—it's always bad luck. I mean, he might be true. I mean, there's a good chance he's because he's not running nearly as much, and he needs to—he to, needs to run currently to be successful. And the coaches are probably the ones telling him, "Don't run." But just blaming your coach and having it go out on the internet and on TV—it's such a bad look optically. I mean, just from the average viewer, it's like, okay, they're not all in unison. It's almost every man for himself. Like, I'm doing my best, but he's not allowing me to do the best. It's almost childish. It's it's not adult. It's not professional, I'd say. It's bad. And uh, even worse for the Bears, their uh, defensive coordinator was not even coaching the last game against the Buccaneers. And he had to resign a few days ago. Under like weird circumstances that I, I mean I don't know the depth of it but there are rumors that the the Feds <laughs> the Feds uh, raided the uh, Bears facility uh, because of this, because uh, of an investigation into the Bears defensive coordinator like that's just wild and then uh, I think it was like today or yesterday it was reported that a hundred thousand dollars worth of goods were stolen from the Bears facility. <laughs> Like how much can, worse can you get? Like your quarterback, your young quarterback is playing poorly, is regressing. Your de- your defensive coordinator resigns. The feds are are looking for information, and then you get some stuff stolen. Like it just keeps getting worse. Um, having said all that, the Bears have the opportunity to to right the ship. They played the Chiefs in, uh, I believe, in Kansas City this weekend. And they're going to be, and they're currently 12 and a half point underdogs. So you can bet the bears plus 12 and a half. And if the bears are within 12 points of winning the game or win the game outright, you're profitable. So yeah, they're big underdogs and they're, they're big underdogs. So if they're able to keep the score close or even win against the Chiefs, that would be such an awesome story for them? Um, but the Chiefs' defense has been playing really well. But uh, like even though the offense has been struggling quite a bit recently, the Chiefs' defense has been playing very well, which is a revelation for them. Because it's usually just Patrick Mahomes doing his best to outscore the opposing team, even when it's going to, like, 30 points or so. But the Chiefs' defense is doing well. I mean, it makes life easier for Patrick Mahomes while they're trying to figure out the wide receivers and everything. Um, like, so this is... An opportunity for the Bears to make a statement win, but my opinion is, I think the Bears are screwed. I think they're gonna get cooked. Uh, I think they're they're gonna lose by quite a bit uh, to the Chiefs. Uh, I don't know how much, but I don't see the Bears winning this game. And I see Justin Fields. I don't know. I think he's. I think he's kind of toast in Chicago. I think he's. He might play the rest of the season, but then they're. I don't think he's gonna be long-term quarterback there, which is too bad, because he was so dominant in Ohio State. Maybe he gets a second chance, but it's it's not looking great to be honest. And it's too bad. Too bad. Now the last quarterback I want to talk about today is uh he went into this year, he started a few games at the end of the end of last season, and he was given the starting job and this so he's relative unknown. He was going to this year, and he's still relatively unknown. I'm talking about Desmond Ritter for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, like he's like the team's one and one, just good. he's just a relative unknown, and by that, I mean okay, he has some. There's some good statistics. He is uh, his passer rating is 93.1, which is 14th for the league, uh, which is pretty decent for a young player, especially. But he's only averaging in two games, granted. But he's averaging 100, 176 yards per game, <laughs> which is uh, 28th in the league. Um, and some of the quarterbacks near him have not played in t- full games. Uh, and I'm thinking of Anthony Richardson, but, uh, who got hurt in the beginning of the last game. But like, Desmond Ritter, it's... it's uh, Like he he made some nice plays at the end of the Packers game because the Packers were well in the lead, and then uh, Desmond Ritter's made some plays. He threw the ball way downfield for big completion, and uh, they won at home again. Uh, Fun fact about Desmond Ritter: he is undefeated in every home game, so he's a baller. He likes being at home. (laughs) Everyone likes being at home, but he makes the most of it, and um, like. Desmond Ritter, he needs to show more. Pa- he needs to show more something because, yes, his passer rating is good, but his yards per game is pretty low, which means that they're just doing his. Be- they're doing their best just to work around him. Like, yeah, he's the quarterback. He's responsible for the offense mainly, but he's almost just a guy there. It's like they're just working the team around him because um, he has a fantastic sporting cast. uh, there's uh, B. John Robinson, who they just drafted in the first round, He's having some sweet plays. Uh, and he had a really good game against the Packers. And there's Kyle Pitts, who seems to be like the most over. I mean, I don't, I don't want to call him overrated because he was so hyped up. Going because he was drafted, I think, the fourth overall pick a few years ago, a tight end, Kyle Pitts, and he just did nothing. Like I don't know. It's like, is it him? Is it the scheme? Is it the quarterback? Like I don't know. And then, uh, and then the uh, Drake London. Uh, like Drake London is supposed to be a pretty sweet player. They drafted him last year, I believe. And uh, he just like the first game. I don't think Drake London had a catch or a, any ball thrown towards him, which is too, which is weird. Uh, but with sports, we will all find out the truth. And uh, I think the truth will come very quickly for Desmond Ritter as the uh, Falcons are playing uh, the Lions. And uh, I think the the game will be in Atlanta, which will, of course, favor Desmond Ritter. And the Lions are a team that plays very well in a dome. Because the Lions' home field is a dome. So when they travel to other dome teams, they... But you play essentially the same where it's just there's no weather conditions to worry about really unless they open up the roof, which I think could open up the roof in uh, the Falcons. But still, you're protected from the weather, so you can just throw the ball easier. And uh, with the offensive talent on the uh, Detroit Lions, the ball is going to be flying around. Their points are going to be scored. And Desmond Ritter is most likely going to be tasked with leading the offense, and having to keep up in a scoring battle, which I believe. Because I don't, think the, I don't think the Falcons have a great defense. I mean, it's probably middle of the pack. The Lions are going to be able to score points. And, uh, yeah, it'll be good to see what Desmond Ritter could do in that situation where he has to pass the ball more than he's used to. I mean, especially the past two games. And uh, to at least keep the score close. Because even if, say, the Falcons don't win... Um, Desmond Ritter is able to show, okay, I can throw the ball 30, 35 times, 40 times, and still have a pretty good statistics, and not melt down when he, the, when he is relied on leading the offense. It's a, it's a win for the organization in the long term. Like, yeah, they lost the battle, but they won the war. And like, okay, we lost the game, but we found out, okay, maybe our quarterback... Can be a franchise quarterback, and that's the best thing you would want as a Falcons player, as a Falcons player, coach, executive, and fan. Um, so I'm just very curious to see how he does. It's he's relative unknown, and it's hard it's just hard to make a clear evaluation on him so far. Thank you again for listening with my podcast. I uh I it's just been a great experience for me. I keep saying that, but I mean it um i'm still trying to think of new segments to do like try to mix it up keep it spicy um so i mean it might change the next few weeks so we'll see we'll see it's my podcast so i'll make the decisions here um anyways i hope everyone enjoys uh watching football this weekend it'll be fun uh college football will be very fun because i believe colorado is playing oregon and it'll be, I mean, imagine a Colorado when De- Deion Sanders win, like, oh my gosh. Like, just imagine two years ago, like if you told someone from, if you were in the future and you went back in time to some, and told someone two years ago, oh, Colorado is going to be the center of uh, college football. And they're going to be like, what are you talking about? Like, what, uni- what alternative universe are you in? <laughs> but hey, it's the universe we are in now and uh so college football is great uh nfl is great it's exciting time and i will enjoy it and i hope you do too have a great weekend and i'll talk to everyone soon bye bye